few weeks ago, I taught that all believers share the dignity of being transformed by the completed work of Jesus Christ. Whether rich or poor, famous or infamous, accepted or rejected, when we believe in Jesus Christ, when we believe that His work is complete, lacking nothing, needing nothing, a completed work, and that the Father's forgiveness and call unto Him is a vital, vital inclusion of that completed work. See, we, we understand the Father's forgiveness. But as part of this work, there has to be an acceptance on our part. When we believe that, then we share the dignity of being transformed. In believing this, there has to be the belief that our own form of righteousness is not necessary. The inclusion of our scale, the inclusion of our measure, the inclusion of, of our system of rights and wrongs is not needed, is not necessary. What, what do I mean by that? Well, well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know anything about me. You don't know the dark places I've been to. You don't know the despicable things I've done. God does. He does. Well, you don't, you don't know the wonderful things I've done. You don't know what a good person I am. Oh, that's awesome. It doesn't matter. Because our form, our scale of godliness, of righteousness, doesn't, isn't needed to be added to the completed work of Jesus Christ. Because our scales vary. The work of Jesus Christ was complete and the dignity that we can have, every single person in this room, every single person in this world is based solely on belief. And that belief is demonstrated by acceptance. That belief is demonstrated. Friends, it is impossible to have belief without it being demonstrated. It is possible to truly believe in Jesus Christ and what He has done without demonstrating it. It's impossible. In religion, it might be possible, but not in relationship. And we're not called to religion. We're called to relationship. We're called to a relationship with Him. That's why we have this microphone over here. Because we believe God speaks to us. That's what His Word says. ask you this. Raise your hand if you're a parent. If you're a parent, raise, oh man, like a ton of people in this room. What good parent intentionally deprives their kids of their expression? How many of you guys intentionally give your kids the silent treatment? How many of you intentionally withhold your affection to your children? Withhold your instruction to your children. Withhold your praise to your children. What good parent intentionally gives their kids the cold shoulder? Not one in this room. Not a parent in this room. 
every opportunity we get, we, we praise and love and show our affection to our kids. We instruct them. We correct them. We warn them. We speak. How much more so does our Father in Heaven give good things to His children? Our God speaks to us. We've done good, whether we've done bad. It sounds too good to be true, but the truth is that at some point, if we believe the work of Jesus, we surrender both the good and the bad. Because see, if we're really, really good, and I, I know some people in this room that are really, really good. You're just, you're gooder than most of us. You just are. You do really good things. You know, when a lot of us, like Andy, don't. Oh, sorry. It doesn't matter. It has to be surrendered. And we have to rely completely upon the work of Jesus Christ. And here's why. There is a judge, and that judge is neither you nor me. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that, that we can't judge. We are not the judge. The only thing that we have the freedom to judge is fruit, but not people. But there is a judge, and his decision is final. His decision is unquestionable. His verdict is clear. And here's what that verdict is. Not guilty. That's what his verdict is. He's already made the decision. Not guilty. No matter what you've done, not guilty. If. If. We believe. If we believe in him. This judgment has been made with full knowledge of exactly what you've done. This judgment is made with full knowledge of exactly where I've been. But this judgment of not guilty is issued once we have believed and received His grace. You know what's offered to us? Sonship. Sonship. See, maybe we haven't been born of the Father, but we've been born again of the Father through adoption adoption as, as his son. We get to receive sonship and all the benefits that come with, with the inheritance of being a son. If we receive it, plain and simple, it, it, there has to be belief. And please don't mistake what belief is. Belief is not logically being able to put all the pieces together and trying to connotate and, and make sense of it all. Belief, that is not belief. Belief doesn't necessarily have to be understanding. There has to be some faith involved. I, I, I know a lot of us are very logical in how we want it to all add up. But you know what? When I step out in faith and I trust in Him and I give Him my all, no matter where the, where the weight sits, Lord, I've done so much more good than bad. How, how can I... You know, how, how can your grace be just as applicable to me as it is to this person who has done, and I'm pointing to nobody here, no one's sitting here, so th this person who has done all these horrible things and very little good. You know what? It's not about you to figure it out. It's about the work of Jesus Christ to receive. That's the key. In fact, that's the only key. You guys, I know we live in a day and age 
where we believe that there are many ways to God. I'm sorry. I, I don't believe that. And, and I, the reason I don't believe that is because I believe the Bible. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. Why is that hard to believe? Why is that hard to believe? What is the capital of Colorado? Westminster. What is 2 plus 7? 39? What is the chemical compound? Uh, whatever. Why is it we accept so many things that have one answer? But when it comes to God, we think, oh no, there are countless answers. That's bull. We've accepted all these other one-answer things. But when it comes to God, we think there's... No, Jesus says, I am the only way. He is the key that opens the door to sonship. He is the key that has opened the door to grace and forgiveness and life. And guys, I'm not, I'm not bringing a message that's narrow-minded. And I hope it's not being perceived that way. Because the life that we've been offered through Jesus Christ is full and vast. And it's been described as life abundant. Not just life, but life ridiculous. Life abundant. Not life without difficulty, but life never alone. Transformed by grace, by hope, by forgiveness, by strength. Transformed into righteousness, worthiness, usefulness. Transformed into dignity. As believers, we also share the dignity of being called and trusted with the mission of taking the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. Trusted with an incredible mission of taking the good news of Jesus Christ. Guys, let's not, let's not look for, for the qualifications of men. Right now, you know, I'm the lead pastor, the lead elder of this church. Karen and I are the only elders. What are your qualifications? Well, I went to college. I got my BA in graphic design. Graduated cum laude, so you know. It's not about my qualifications. It's about the call. Wait, so God called you to lead this church without a degree in theology? Yes, he did. I can't believe it. It's astounding. I say this all the time. I've got the... I went to the same Bible college as Peter. In February... We're going to have, February 1st, actually, we're going to have a, a, a church service, and we have um, the apostolic team that we relate to. They're coming in, and they're going to sit in and anoint and ordain three new elders in this church. So Michael and Tiffany Freeman, Brad and Kendra Fitzek, and Andy and Kim Smith, they will be set in, ordained as elders. What are their qualifications? I don't know. They don't have many. Well, then why are they called? Because God called them. Because God called him. It's not about the qualifications. It's about the call. And he chooses who will say yes. He chooses who will say, Lord, I believe and I'll do. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is a great example of this truth. The dignity that she displayed in her...
praise when she realized what God had done for her was historic. In fact, it's given a name. Anybody know the name of the song, the praise that Mary exclaimed when she, when she had been given the good news of what the Lord had given to her, done for her, and promised her? Anyone know what it's called? The Magnificat. It has a name. And it means Mary magnifies. The opening words are literally translated as, My soul magnifies the Lord. Luke 1.46 through 50 shows us this. It says, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises or magnifies the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. That word fear is phobeo. It's where we get phobias. And it has, it has two different meanings. One, it's to put to flight by terrifying, to scare away. Two, it's to reverence, to treat with reverential obedience. It's the second one, the, the Lord's. You know, it's the, what Mary is saying, that God shows ongoing mercy to all who reverence Him, to all who reverently obey Him. Friend, our reverence to God is directly proportionate to our obedience for Him. Our obedience matters. If we believe he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do, then our obedience matters. Our reverence matters. Our honor matters. The devil's plan is for us to run from God. God's plan is for us to cling to him in reverent trust and obedience. What Mary shows us in the Magnificat is this. Whatever our social standing, whatever our economic situation, we must magnify and praise our Holy Savior in order to see beyond our situation, in order to see a glimpse of what God has for us. God's plan, God's plan is favorable. His favor upon our life is greater than we can imagine. But there has to be a belief, and then there has to be an acting upon it. Look at the great things God has done for me. He shows mercy to me. He is pleased with me. Lucky for me, and for most of us in this room, God has always favored the long shot. He has always favored the average Joe. He's always favored the working stiff. He's always favored the unqualified. The unlovely, the unworthy, the un. And in Mary, she acknowledges this. God has always favored the one who will believe. Who will believe that the Lord is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Belief. God has always favored the ones who believe and then who live their lives like they believe it. Gosh, I hate lip service. I do. I hate lip service. It just... If you say you're going to do something, do it. 
if you proclaim a faith or belief or, or you know, just passion in something, then stand in it. Let your yeses be yes. Let your noes be no. As a man, that's just how I'm built. If you say you're going you're gonna to be there and, and give me a hand with something, then be there and give me a hand with it. Don't show up an hour and a half later because I ain't waiting. I'm jumping on it. My friends will attest to it. Man, I, I'm very impatient. But guys, when it comes to the Lord, let our yeses be yes. Let our noes be no. And if we believe it, let's live our lives like we believe it. So let's back up one verse from what we read and let's see what it is that Mary responded to. In verse 45, Elizabeth says to Mary, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And Mary responded, oh, how my soul magnifies the Lord. Joy and praise always follow our belief in the Lord. I believe that I'm forgiven. And so I praise. I believe that I am forgiven. So I cast off shame. I believe that he favors me. So I walk with expectation, anticipation of seeing how it's going to be poured out. I believe that I'm not alone. So I sleep like a baby. I believe. So action follows. Mary believed that God's promises and love were true. And she responded to God. So let's go back a few more verses to see exactly what it was that was promised and expressed to this young girl. Still in Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman! The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. What, what could he possibly mean? How many of us have a tough time believing that you're a woman of God? That you're a man of God? How many of you guys, that confuses you? Disturbs you? Guys, we've got to know who we are. And if God says that's who we are, dang it, that's who we are. Get another mirror, because the one you have ain't working. Look at yourself the way that God looks at you. Favored, blessed, called. When we trust our lives in Jesus Christ, and when we believe in Him, that is how we are seen. And He sees what tomorrow holds. He sees the awesome things. He's like, oh my gosh, you're going to be so excited. During this time of year, it's tough for me to just sit on the presents I've given my kids. I want, I want them to have it right away. Oh, they're going to be so happy when they get it. He's going to be so thrilled when he gets this. He doesn't even know what's coming. This isn't even what he asked for, but I know him, and I know my son's going to love this. How much more so is that God with us? Oh, just wait. Just endure. Just have perseverance. Just press on. When you round this corner, oh my gosh, you're going to be so excited. It's going to, it's going to amaze you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be very great. I love that. Great's not enough. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born. To be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. That's a great one to memorize, Luke 137. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So what was promised to Mary? First, that she was favored. Second, that she was not alone. In fact, she was in the very presence of God. Third, once again, she was reminded that she has found favor with God, goodwill, loving kindness from God. And then the big news, you will be the mother of the Son of God who will be called King of Kings. You will be the Savior of the world. And you know what he'll call you? Mama. Mommy. And then Gabriel took the opportunity to make this thing clear. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary was chosen to be a participant in what was thought to be impossible. And I use the word participant because she had a choice of what she chose to believe and what she chose, how she chose to respond. Look at her response. I and the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Friends, when God speaks something over us or he favors us with some amazing, incredible thing, what is our response to him? Do we immediately try and figure it out? Oh, let me put it together. You said you're going to do this, so this must be how you're going to do it. Do we believe it? I I can't believe that. All the junk I've been through, I just can't believe that. That's too good to be true. How can that be? Do we immediately dismiss it before God's even had a chance to amaze us with it? Do we disqualify ourselves? How can I be favored? How can I be favored? Don't you know what I've done? Don't you know what I haven't done? Don't you know how unqualified I am? What is our response? Do we participate in his plan? In Mary, we see what our response should be. I believe you. I'm humbled by you. I am obedient to you. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I believe you. I don't understand it. But I believe you. It's tough for me for a couple reasons, but but I trust you. And I'm going to demonstrate my trust by walking it out. I'm going to demonstrate my trust by... 
not making me the one that brings it about by trusting you to bring it about. Guys, believe. Believe. When we believe, we accept. What do we accept? Forgiveness. When we believe, we receive His grace, His favor, His plan, His goodness. We receive. And that's the, that's the message of Christmas. Not, not, we don't rejoice that a baby was born. We rejoice that, that when that baby was born, it began a life of, obedi- of obedience to the Father and walking out a call to be our Savior, to be our hope, to be our Lord. That's what we celebrate. God chooses the ordinary. He chose shepherds. He chose shepherds to deliver the good news, the ordinary. Here's what I love about him choosing these shepherds. I believe all ages were represented. I believe there were old men. I believe there were teenagers. I believe there were children. They're working. And when the angel appeared, said, fear not. And this time he was saying, don't be terrified and take off. He talked about bringing peace to this world. And talked more about the pleasure of God. You guys, when we trust our lives in Jesus Christ, we receive His good pleasure. How can I be favored? How can He be pleased with me? Because He sees us through the lens of His Son, Jesus Christ. The completed work of Jesus Christ. You guys, not a... Some people think it's gross that Christians talk about blood so often. Why do you always talk about blood? The blood of Jesus, blood. Because it's precious to us. Because not a drop was wasted. Not a drop was in vain. Not a drop was without purpose. Not a stripe that he took in his beatings. Not a wound that he bore for us was without purpose. That's how we can can run to him as our healer. Because he paid the price for it. He's our savior. That word, it's a Greek word, sozo. It means savior, healer, deliverer. only requirement is acceptance. But friends, I want to encourage you, if you've accepted Jesus, and if you have declared your belief in Him before, are you living your life like you believe it? Am I? Am I living my life like I believe that He loves me? Am I living my life like I believe that He's my healer? Am I living my life like I believe that he He has taken from me my past, my shame, my strengths, my weaknesses, He'll use it all. If we read further in that passage, and we're not going to, after the angel said, fear not, I believe that the angel, by the way, was that was a preemptive fear not. I don't believe he was just speaking about fear not because that angel was standing there. I think he was like, what you're about to see is going to it's going to terrify you so fear not just keep it together keep it together because then the angels of heaven 
appeared and triumphantly declared that the Christ was born. That is why he said, fear not. Because that must have been terrifying. That must have been amazing. There was one New Year's Eve where me and, and my wife, Kara, and my sister, Amy, this was before she was married, and I think before we had kids, we went out to California for New Year's Eve. And we stood in the stands of the Tournament of the Roses parade. And there on Colorado Boulevard, in the stands, a stealth fighter flew over Colorado, Colorado Boulevard. And I have never been so scared in my whole life. I've never been so terrified and exhilarated in my whole life. And at that time, the only thought I had was, oh, I'm so glad I'm on their team. I'm so glad I'm on their side. I'm so glad that this is celebratory and not not war. I, I believe that with the angels of heaven declaring God, it had to feel so much bigger than that. He's for you. God is for you. He is not against you. One of the beautiful things that took place with Jesus' blood being shed for you and I was that any anger and wrath that God had towards sin was paid for with that blood. God's not angry. He's not angry at you and I. That was paid for with the blood of Jesus. He is good. We're on his side. If. Remember I talked about the if. If. If we will believe. And friends, if we believe, there will be action that follows it. That's just plain and simple. It's impossible for me to believe he is who he says he is without me being obedient to walk a life declaring he is faithful. These shepherds, after the armies of heaven dispersed they ran they hurried to see the child you know what they did after they saw the child did they make camp around the child did they make camp and set up tents around the child read the story they left and went and told told everyone and everyone they told were astounded that's the fruit of our belief if we believe we live like it if we believe our lives bear testimony that he is good He is great. He is very good. What an understatement. Peace is given to those with whom God is pleased. The only way to be included in this group of being pleased with God is trusting in Him and believing Him. Period. We can close our eyes. That completed work of Jesus Christ made certain that for every man, every woman, every child in this room that believes in Jesus Christ, that they will receive nothing but his favor, his abundant good pleasure. So our question shouldn't be, is God pleased with me? But rather, do I believe that the Lord will do what he says he will do? Do I believe that God will forgive me? Like he said he would. 
Do I believe that God will use me? Use me. Do I believe? If you're here tonight and you've never placed your belief, your trust in Jesus Christ, which you do believe, I just want right where you're sitting to respond and say, Lord, I believe and I give my life to you. No production needed because it's about relationship, not religion. Right there where you are, say, I believe, I believe. I don't understand it all, but I do believe. Friends, if you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ before, but perhaps your life isn't being lived, reflecting that belief, I just want to encourage you, right there where you are, once again, not for my sake, just between you and God, to just make declaration to the Lord. I'm going to start living my life that reflects that I believe you that I'm forgiven, that I'm favored, and that you will use me. And that action will follow my belief. 